welcome to the BQPL Failcast for week 15, 2022. I'm Alex, he's Dr. Matthew, and this week we had one of the rarest plays we get to score, um, which is why it's worth 50 points. Um, and it's also probably the single most deflating play that you can commit, which is why it's worth 50 points. Do you want to do the honors? Uh, yeah, I guess we, you know, we need a drum roll sound, but... I don't have that. Yep. This is the 50 points awarded to Dak Prescott for the pick six in overtime to lose the game. Um, this is what this was uh, instituted after the... Brett Favre, I believe. No, they'll take the, no. we'll take the ball and we're going to score. We'll take the ball and score, right? That was Matt Hasselbeck. Hasselbeck, right. right. Yep. Um, so the legendary, so that, that was it's a 50-pointer. Um, and and I don't, I don't remember ever scoring one uh, since we instituted that rule. In all, in all the years, um, maybe I'm mistaken, but I, I don't remember it, but we finally had one. And I will say, you know, this wasn't sort of the classic iteration of the, the genre, right? The, the classic one is like a screen pass that just totally is jumped or an mm-hmm. out route that's jumped and just taken down. This was a deflected pass. Um, I actually, I think, I think it hit the receiver's hands and then yeah, it was not a bad right, pass. Defender. It wasn't, it wasn't really uh, completely Dak's fault. But we're not in the business of saying whose fault it is. No, we are in the business of awarding him 50 points for doing it. Um, and so, yeah, that that was a 59-point uh, performance for Dallas based, based on that, uh, which was the high score of the week on, Joseph. on Joseph's bench. Yeah, jo- Joseph, um, he did have get a good start from Denver, but Miami really let him down, um, and therefore he didn't gain too much ground. Um, however... The teams that were ahead continued their progress towards a championship, I'd say. Um, you had another very good week, and Jacob needed a good effort from the Rams on Monday night in order to not lose ground, and that's what he got. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had a – I was fortunate enough this week that I was able to start a Desmond Ritter in his NFL debut – and I thought the other quarterback was going to be Colt McCoy. Uh, it ended up that I got most of a game of Trace McSorley. Mm. Um, and that combination was, as you might have expected, good for, for 86 points. Ritter didn't even hit 100 yards. I think he finished with 97 yards in his NFL debut. Um, so that was that was everything I would have hoped for. Um, a solid 45 points, even though he didn't make mistakes. He just didn't really do anything. No, and, and we actually award massive points for just refusing to gain yardage. Yes, which is stubbornly what Desmond Ritter did. Um, it turns out you actually had, you didn't have the best option this week, but you had the second, third, and fourth best options this week. <laughs> I did, yes. And you did manage to start two of them. You avoided the the whammy in Carolina, um, where Carolina lost 24-16 to Pittsburgh, started Sam Darnold, yet scored zero points. Darnold has been, I think, the most competent of the quarterbacks on that team this year. Mm, the most Wait. competent Carolina quarterback. Yes. No, it's not a you know murderous row of of QBs to choose from, but sure. Um, he definitely. I, I considered starting him because you know Pittsburgh allegedly has a good defense, but he just he made me nervous. Um, so I ended up I ended up benching him. Uh, and it was yeah, the right decision. I mean, 
there was only one wrong decision and you did not make it <laughs> any any of the other combinations and you won the week pretty easily the arizona game i obviously wasn't watching uh i was nor was i checking the box score in detail but i would give... why would you watch that game like there's oh, no yeah. point no i mean i'm not a, i'm not a masochist but the uh but you know i was looking at the leaders and it was like colt mccoy for a while it was he had 78 yards it was like oh this is great colt mccoy has only 78 yards that broncos defense and then uh, and then at some point it switched over and it was like trace mcsorley 80 some yards and i was like wait what yeah trace mcsorley was the uh the 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 mobile white quarterback from um penn state that the ravens had on their squad yeah for a while in order to approximate uh lamar jackson's mobility for the practice squad yep um and then now he's in arizona and somehow that (laughs) absolute dumpster fire of the arizona cardinals team has to start him like they have they they have to get significant minutes from trace mcsorley and i will remind you that before the season the ownership in its infinite wisdom extended the gm the head coach and the quarterback (laughs) And what's their record now? It is four and ten. Four, four and ten. And ten. Yes. And their next few games, they might have a chance of one win. The amazing thing is they're four and ten. They're three and three on the road, which means at home they're one and seven. Sure. Um the yeah, they they do they do play the Falcons, but they're on the road. So I guess that means they have a good shot. Um, but they also have the 49ers and the Bucks left. I think the Bucks, even if they have a 50-50 shot at the Bucks, they're going to finish with six wins with a franchise quarterback and a front office and coaching staff you just extended. Mm-hmm. Yeesh. That's big, big yeesh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it says uh, it is it is likely, according to, you know, uh, ArizonaCardinals.com, that uh, – the McSorley is, is the likely starter oh, on, God. On, on Christmas night for the uh, national TV game, Buccaneers versus Trace McSorley. <laughs> they just signed a new backup, Alex. No, who? David Blau. Yes, Blau is back. Yeah. And he, he uh, I think, killed a lot of BKBL dreams uh, in his days in Detroit. I remember him. Yeah, because uh, he didn't yeah, he didn't blow quite as much as we thought he would blow. No, he did not. Yeah, um, so. And remind me who they lost to. Who was the Denver quarterback? Oh, um, who was the Denver quarterback? It was uh, Brett Rippon. Yeah, Mark Rippon's cousin or nephew, I think, nephew. is the uh, story. Um, who just didn't really do all that much wrong. I mean, he still had two turnovers. Don't get me wrong. He still put up 32 points. And that was way too much for the Cardinals to overcome. Yeah, like, it is 21 for, 21 for 26, almost 200 yards. Um, yeah, long of 19 was not stellar. And he took seven sacks en route to accumulating those stats. Yeah, and right. To be fair to Chase McSorley and Colt McCoy, the Denver Broncos defense is good and has played well all year. The or at the very least, competent, be, unlike the Cardinals. Defense. Yeah, the same cannot be said for the Cardinals. Right. Well, so those were all, you know, excellent scores. Yeah. Um, so I got 86 for the week. I won the week. 
Um, and that, that was good because it gave me a chance to gain on Jake, uh, pad my lead. Unfortunately, that did not happen, Alex. No, it did not. And the reason why it didn't was because Jacob picked the correct starters. Yeah. He didn't start Philadelphia, which is almost always the correct move. He did start Washington and the Rams. He left the Jets on the bench, and that turned out to be the right combo. Um, Detroit's non-existent defense um, held the Jets to one BQVL point, whereas <laughs> Washington and the LA Rams each put up scores in the 20s. And that yeah. alone was worth enough to to garner Jacob second place with the Rams coming from behind, um, or I shouldn't say coming from behind because that would imply that they won. Um, they, they did not. Um, they played a kind of fully uninspired Green Bay team and barely put up any points. Um, Baker Mayfield had 111 yards passing. Yep. To go with one yard rushing, one touchdown, one interception, one fumble kept. <laughs> a long he did start of, this week. A long of one eight. It was pretty much um, for the first overall pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot, really lot of ones. We say been with the team for a week and a half, um, and yeah, Washington put up twenty four. It was a disappointing loss to the Giants, and you know that twenty four comes from a fumble that was returned for the touchdown, um, and then right they got a bit of a boost from the refs, who in my favorite NFL conspiracy were trying to stick it to Dan Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that conspiracy, but yeah, yes, it, they did. Uh, what, you, oh, you mean the part where Terry McLaurin gestures to the ref, am I on the line? And the ref <laughs> says, move up. And then Terry McLaurin moves up and then gestures to the ref and the ref gives him a thumbs up and then immediately puts his hand on the flag. Yep. <laughs> yep, that part, um, which which was, yeah. And I, I, yes, anyway, I love the idea that this was a, uh, this is this is them trying to make Snyder sell the team. But the- uh... Oh God, Snyder's so bad. Honestly, I don't mind it. I know. I don't mind. Like, it. I don't mind I'm it totally, if they get screwed totally at the end of every game. Totally on board with the fact that the NFL, if the 100%. NFL were to make blatantly awful decisions for the rest of the season as an effort to get them to sell the team, I'm on board with this. Totally on board with this. Um, and it, it took a lot to get them to lose to the Giants, too. Like, yeah. let the record show that Daniel Jones did fuck all. He did nothing. He did nothing. Nothing. He he passed for 160 yards. No touchdowns. No interceptions. No long passes. No rushing yards to speak of. Nothing. Good day. Yeah. Well, it was yet, yet another instance. The 26 in victory was higher than the 24 that Washington scored in defeat. Uh, but what I was saying was that, yeah, that that referee call uh, prevented any chance of there being a game-winning drive opportunity. If they mm. could have sent that game to overtime. Yeah. So that's good, I guess. Good for, good for Jake. Good for Jake. Good for having a competitive uh, run-up at the end of this. It's always good to have the last week's matter. Yeah. And there are still four teams that are relevant at minimum. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's always good. Yep. Um, Alex, you you uh, are one of those teams. Uh, you did, obviously didn't win or finish second, but you still managed uh, four wins on the back of uh, essentially one Derek Carr pick six. Yes. I, I did not choose correctly because... Chicago only scored six points somehow. Um, to me, it's not at all clear if there's any correlation between the performance of the Chicago football team on the field and the performance of the Chicago football team in BQBL. And yeah, we even saw a Nathan Peterman snap. I just want to be clear that I got a snap from Nathan, Nathan Peterman and we still only scored six. Yep. 
yeah yeah it was it was unimpressive there were there were no real mistakes two fumbles kept it's just not it's not enough no they're generally low scores all around this week for the most part uh, especially yeah. especially starting right because um yeah there are there are a number of uh, my other team we mentioned tampa who fell apart in the second half scored 39 on the bench baltimore yeah. uh Score 39. Now, part of the, the fact that Baltimore and the Giants are on Russ's bench, Alex, is because Russ forgot to submit starters. Yeah, but before we get to that, yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about what I think is the best bad quarterback moment of the week. The other side of the Vegas game? It, it is the other side of the Las Vegas game, if you don't mind. Go ahead. You've got the floor. Thank you. So, Unfortunately, this is a podcast. Uh, otherwise, it would be great to just just show the gif maybe on repeat. Uh, no, because I want to describe it. Okay. If you'll allow. So it's it's the end of a close game. The game is tied, in fact. 55 yards between the Patriots and the end zone. After the game, Belichick was asked why he didn't just heave it up on a Hail Mary. And he said, <laughs> Matt can't throw it that far. <laughs> no. oh, well, in that case, sure. Um I don't know who the backup quarterback is, but I assume they also couldn't throw it that far. Anyway, they thought that the best thing to do would be to do the Stanford band lateral play. Even though the game was tied, they weren't losing. Um, and one of the laterals was meant to go back to Mac Jones, but Chandler Jones just stood right in front of him <laughs> and caught the yeah. ball. And then... Mac Jones was the only thing between Chandler Jones and the end zone. Now, Mac could come up and try to hit Chandler Jones during the play. Like, clearly he saw that Chandler was going to take, was going to catch the pass. Correct. So he could have just tried to go up and hit him to, you know, have a chance of tackling him. But what he did instead was he broke down about two yards from Chandler Jones and was like, I am going to make a form tackle on Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones took one look at Mac Jones and just casually ran him over in the same way that you would run over a toddler in a tackle football game. <laughs> Which is to say that he didn't hit him violently. No. Like, to hurt him. He you ran him over, like, the him. same way you would in a ball pit. Just yeah. knocking, guiding a toddler to the ground and then stepping directly over him. <laughs> yeah. And then like, and then, you know, like barely, barely tripping a little bit when they reached up to grab the leg. The, the, the chance of a toddler tackling you was approximately the same chance as Mac Jones had of tackling Chandler Jones. Um, we have the discretion to award discretionary points. We almost did it here. This was a play that was almost bad enough to warrant discretionary bqbl points now it was on sarah's bench but we should mention that this is something that we can do for extraordinary acts of bad quarterbacking yeah and this was this was pretty exceptional it was it was an exceptional moment chandler jones after running over mac jones continued to the end zone to win the game with no time left on the clock I was listening to this game on Patriots Radio, which we get for some reason. I got the Patriots local broadcaster. So I was listening while I was driving kids around. Um, 
and it was fantastic. I had I had no idea what was happening because the uh, broadcaster was going crazy. Um, I think after the afterwards proceeded to call it like the dumbest team he's ever seen. It was glorious. Yeah, I would have had to pull off and change my pants. <laughs> like, I I just want to know, was that a Steve Belichick call? Like, I I just need to know, did Steve Belichick make that call? <laughs> I would I want to see. I mean, I've used have there has there been any video? Did they allow video in that post game? Like, I I just want to see what happened in the locker room afterwards. I don't know. I, I mean, they said that Matt Patricia's calling the offense, right? So ostensibly, Matt Patricia made the call. Right. But uh, also Jacoby Myers said that he was told to go down and, you know, not take chances. And and he tried to be a hero. I don't understand how throwing the ball backwards 25 yards to Mac Jones when you need a touchdown is being a hero. Yeah. I mean, the best part of this is he threw it backwards. To, you know, he was like, I just I saw Mac open. I was trying to make a play. How you thought that was a play to be made is beyond me right it's not like they were throwing it backwards to you know pirate kill or something right whenever your best chance is mac jones catching the ball and then running it <laughs> 50 running. yards for a touchdown that is not it yeah yes amazing so new england scored 32 um in in a uh a last second loss where of course there was no game-winning drive um, which was good for me because that would have cost vegas some points and cost me some wins Yes, um, yep. but it, it was only the I think the second most brutal beat of the week. It was, um, and you you there was a you just mentioned a random fifty yard touchdowns. It wasn't Mac Jones this week this time. It was it was someone else. Yeah. So um, just to set the scene, as you mentioned previously in a in a benign moment of foreshadowing, Russ did not submit starters this week. So by rule, he is locked into the two lowest scoring teams that he has now. Um, that would have been so going into the final play of the uh the Detroit game, the scores that he had to choose from, or we had to choose from, that is, was Baltimore's 39, the Giants 26, Cincinnati's seven, and then Detroit was sitting on 20 points right at the end of the game. Yeah. Um, and at that point, their Goff was uh had yet to throw a touchdown. Had not thrown a touchdown, right? And had no no long passes. His long right. was 18 up until that point. Right. So there's a minute and 49 seconds left in the fourth quarter. So that they're past the two-minute warning. It's fourth and one at midfield. And actually at the 49, if we're being you know fully transparent. Um the Detroit Lions elect to go for it. They get into a goal line formation. And what they do is they throw a slip pass to Brock Wright, who is the tight end on a crosser. Yep, about and two yards beyond the line of scrimmage, so it's a first down. It's a first down, and then what the Jets chose to do was just not tackle him. And we're not talking about a particularly fast player. Um, yeah. In fact, um, and, I'm about and we're to look also, this up. We're also not talking about not tackling him in the sense that, like, they tried and just missed a bunch of tackles. We're talking about not tackling in the sense that there was nobody near him at all for, and I don't, I'm not even sure anyone laid a finger on him. Well, I wouldn't know because I tried to play the video and all I got was a video of people talking about it. Um, so ESPN has decided that I don't deserve to watch any of the videos of these plays. They've decided I only get to watch people talking about the plays. Um, 
which is frustrating because I thought I paid for the upgrade on the Hulu and the Disney and the ESPN, but no. Um, Brock writes 40, by the way. A a care to make any guesses? Um, I don't know. Four seven? Four seven one. Amazing. So not top drawer speed by any means, but still quite enough to, uh, to score a touchdown 51 yards untouched wow by the way this was apparently the uh the same play that they ran for Penesul um the week before right also a touchdown um that wasn't touchdown right oh no it was the first down sorry it was just the first down right uh so i think this was the same play uh allegedly um <clears throat> maybe everyone uh, i have to take a look at replay maybe maybe everyone was uh was looking for a Sewell there um instead um yeah, it actually it actually looks like the guy who was on uh on right uh headed out to the to the other flat. Um right did get touched at the three yard line, it looks like. So mm. um, But yeah. you, you can't tackle <laughs> you can't start the tackle of a six four, two hundred and sixty pound player at the four yard line. That's not gonna go well. You cannot. <laughs> He's got a full head of steam. He's going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ball was caught at the at the forty seven and he didn't even have to cut until like the 15 yard line. <laughs> right. And this is not a fast player. This, 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 is, this is a player a of man. decidedly average to below average speed. This is not a fast man who was running horizontally, not vertically at the time of catching the ball. <laughs> sure. Anyway. Um, so if yeah, you were so that asking, play, Alex was worth how many points? Well, so we mentioned that Detroit was sitting on 20 points uh, in BQVL going into this play. Um, and, and the only reason why it wasn't 26 points was because Goff had 201 yards instead of 199 yards. Anywho, um, so they were sitting on 20 points before the play. After the play, they had negative 15. This was I'm the only... The right. That's negative 35. That's a 35-point swing to the negative. Um, it, it is... Probably it would be difficult for us to design a play that cost a team more points. Um, I suppose that you could be sitting at like 149 yards. Yeah. And then you could throw, you know, like a, you know, 75 yard play or something. And it would take you both out of two different yardage thresholds. Yep. But otherwise, you know, this is the biggest negative swing that you can see in a play um, that isn't like a pick six. Or, or I should say the biggest negative yardage swing yeah. that you could see in a play. Yep. Um, and yeah. Detroit finished with negative 15 on the game because uh, the Jets could not make it happen in the comeback. Yeah, and as a result, instead of Jake, instead of Russ finishing with, uh, what, three wins? Yep. He finished last. Yeah, he would have almost tied me. He, had he would have had 27, but he finished instead with negative uh, eight. Yeah, and as a result, he is tied for last place overall uh, with Nick after this week. So there's an exciting match going on there for last place as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, I, I will remind you that while Nick has come in last place, Russ has never come in last place. Oh, really? Yes. Um, the teams that have come in last place, for the record, Will, myself, Joseph three times, uh, Will again, so Will twice, uh, and Jacob once. Okay. Did I say Nick? Can't I remember. think I said Nick. Yeah, Nick is one of the people yeah. who's both won and lost. 
Yeah. Uh, Joseph has won and lost. Will has won and lost. Um, Russ has neither won nor lost. No. And this, he, it's in danger. There you go. This would be, by the way, Nick's second consecutive year if he did come in last place. <laughs> and that has never happened before. Okay. Nor so have we ever had a back-to-back winner. Okay. So um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen because Joseph is not going to win. No. But the question is, will Nick be our first back-to-back loser? Okay. No, hold on. I take it back. Joseph was back-to-back loser. Yeah, that feels plausible. But... Yeah. Well, anywho. Also, I mean, this is this is since we expanded, right? Because I, I won the first couple. Um. Oh, yeah, the 2011, 12, and 13 yeah. years. 2011, the, 2012. I think t- the pr- 2014 was Nick, the modern Nick era. 20, Nick won 2013. Uh, yeah, the the um the pre-modern era of the league. Yes. Um, that was when we wore leather helmets, and uh, we used the scoring system that was provided by a website for some reason, rather than our own intuition. Yes, well, we said we are. We've since we've since refined that scoring. Uh, still, still form the basis. I wonder if we're the only bad quarterback league that's still extant. Yeah, I don't know. I have a feeling that that probably not. I would love to see if the so if other fun. people have changed the rules, and if so, how? <laughs> Do you think we can like? Because it was originally a a Simmons thing, right? Yep. Yeah. It was this is uh, old Grantland. Yep. So do you think if we reached out to, because I don't think it was Simmons who did it. I think it was one of his lackeys who put it all together. If we reached out to that lackey, do you think that they would put out a call for us? Yeah, it, there seems to be some, um, there is, there is a, there's a website uh, there's a, on Fantasizer. There's a bad Q, QB league. I see it's 2020. Uh, I don't see a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, um, Whoa. Hold on. The return of the bad quarterback league, a ringer article from 2021. Yeah. It looks like there was a FanDuel. Oh, I see. Wait, is that, is that right? Is that what you found? I I just found a place where Danny Heifetz, Danny Heifetz yeah. was saying that they were, but they look like they were drafting quarterbacks, not teams. Yeah, that might be right. So it it is it is some iteration. Um but it's 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 structured based off of a more like a a, a FanDuel type slate system where you um quarterbacks have kind of pricing tiers and you have to take one yep. from each pricing tier. Um so it's it's definitely not the same thing that we did. They seem to have modernized it which I think is BS. Yeah, and I think it's taking teams is is part of the part of the enjoyable part of this. Mhm. Um so anyway, I, it does seem like it, it it does this it's a good enough idea. It, it exists um in some form it would it would appear. Um <clears throat> so yeah, I I think it it does it does still exist. There's a uh there is a right 
This is this is good radio, by the way. Us hashtag doing, us narrating Google searches. This bad is good. Yeah, I know. Yep. This is this is what this is what the format's supposed to be, right? I think this is podcasting technically. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there is uh, absolutely uh, absolutely a thing, and I, I even found a link to a, a spreadsheet that that they compile. So there you go. And the scoring is similar, dissimilar. Yeah, actually, I don't see the scoring. I just see the I I just see the uh, like they have all the stats listed here somewhere. So I don't really know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, I see the scoring, but yeah, I don't know what I actually don't know what the scores are. I just see the scores listed. It's yeah. interesting. Um, yep. Anyway, uh, we should probably before we get too lost in the sauce. Uh, talk about the all the scores from this week and then the standings. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so this week we mentioned the top score was Matthew with eighty six, then Jacob with fifty three. Um, next came thirty four from Joseph um, on the back of the thirty two points from Denver and the two points from Miami. Um, he did not start. Dallas is fifty nine, but got third place anyway. After that, it was myself with twenty eight. And then 20 from Sarah, who I don't think we've mentioned her name this whole time, um, <laughs> despite the fact that she has New England and, um, you know, New England scored 32. She uh, started Houston's 12 and Indianapolis is eight for a pedestrian, but good enough for fourth place, 20 points. After that was 12 points from Nick on the back of six from Pittsburgh and six from Cleveland. And that was actually his best option this week, uh, as he got a negative two from Minnesota in one of the silliest football games that I can remember, <laughs> and uh, five from Green Bay. But should we at some point talk about the um, Minnesota game? I, I Is mean, we're talking about. There was definitely a lot of uh, mischief. Yeah, there was a lot of mischief. There was a lot of that. Minnesota finished at negative two, but there were, uh, I think, a lot of points in both directions. Wasn't there a Jameis this week? Did we miss a Jameis? Uh, didn't didn't Tom Brady have sort of a, a combined Jameis? I, I think Tom Brady did have a Jameis. Yeah, I think I think Brady might have had a Jameis if you include for turnovers, right? It was a little bit of a modified Jameis because he uh, had two picks, but also two fumbles lost. So right, he had four turnovers. Yes, um, not not an orthodox Jameis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so three hundred yards, three touchdowns, four turnovers. I mean, that's a Jameis. It is. It's a Jameis, and um, and also right. I think they all came. They ended this game. Last plays right in typical Brady fashion this year. Their last drive was a meaningless touchdown. Right. But uh, before that, their the second half was. Turnover on downs, interception, fumble, fumble, interception, punt, and then meaningless touchdown. I mean, it's almost like you told somebody what Tom Brady was, and then you accelerated that person like 20 years into the future, and they were just playing at, you know, 65 years old. And it's like, well, they're still good for, you know, an, uh, some clutch end of game heroics. But other than that, they're just pretty bad. And that's really been Tom Brady this year. I mean, so at halftime, Tampa was leading 17 to three. They proceeded to turn the ball over five times in a row mm. in that punt, and uh, and they lost. Right. Whereas in the Indianapolis game, 
they went into the half up 33 nothing yes and then in the second half um they decided or what they what they decided to do was punt field goal punt 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 fumble turnover on downs punt um and then punt yeah and remind me who their running back is again uh in indies oh you know what this is the first week that he was out for the season um yeah because they had the top rusher in the nfl from last yeah. year yeah but up until this week this this week yeah. though they started zach moss and they gave zach moss 24 carries um and you know what they say if a running back isn't good enough for buffalo he's probably your best option <laughs> yeah zach moss Deion jackson zach moss 3.4 yards a carry i mean they rushed for 171 yards it was just yeah. that they didn't sustain any drives and they didn't score any points in the second half and really like other than other than a field goal i should say and if they just scored one more field goal that would have been plenty but yeah or, con- or converted that turnover on downs a- any of those things mm-hmm. and yeah. that's right i mean Minnesota even turned the ball over on downs once in the in the second half and threw an interception. Like it was, yeah. Cousins, Cousins' first their first half was a nightmare. By the way, where mm-hmm. they had a blocked punt touchdown and then they had a fumble and then they had a turnover on downs, a turnover on downs, a punt, and a pick six followed by a punt. Um, that was their first half. So their first half went just about as bad as it could go, and then their second half went just about as well as it could go. But as I said, even in their second half, they started with a punt. They got and they had a pick. It's true. And they had a pick. Yeah. And it turned, and it turned the ball around. Like, it, it was it was um two punts, actually. It was not perfect, but um it seemed like Jeff Saturday was fully committed to not winning the game. It's amazing. Should have hired Jeff Sunday. This is Saturday. So it, was I'm it was a Saturday game. It was a Saturday game. Yeah. Um, that was terrible. Can we edit that out? <laughs> I regret that deeply. Yes. Um, anyway, anyway, to, to finish running down the standings now, for those of you who are still awake, uh, <laughs> Nick finished with 12, as I mentioned. Um, Will started Seattle's two points and San Francisco's zero. Those were his two best options on the week, um, which gave him two points and one win as Buffalo scored a negative 17 and New Orleans somehow put up a negative three. Yeah. So that means overall, Alex, I gained one win on Jake, which means I have a one and a half win advantage with uh, uh, only a few weeks left for the season. I'm at 68 and a half. Uh, Jake has 67. You're in third place, 61 and a half. Um, so, so basically just one week uh, out. Sarah just behind at 60, um, still uh, in the running uh will has 50 and a half and then uh joe has 44 and a half and nick and russ are tied in last at 34 yeah they've now been doubled up by you yes um they have in fact um i maintain the points lead um any um any starts that need to happen yeah, well, so we mentioned Sarah's in fourth. Sarah still has one more Kansas City start to go. Joe has one Miami start in his uh, fight to remain out of the basement. Um, and I think those are the only two 
Um, everything else is totally free. So uh, Joe has to start Miami one more time. Sarah has to start Kansas City. There are no limits uh, on which teams can be started. Um, yeah. Yep. On the, yeah, on the top end, it's fine. Everyone can start whoever they want. Yeah. Um, who's the Who's the high scoring team right now? Um, the high scoring team at the moment in total points. Um, is it? Wait. Is it Tennessee? Wait. Could it be Tennessee? Really? That doesn't seem right. Well, you remember that Tennessee had a few spectacular scores. Yeah. Okay. Like they they were not exactly a consistent performer. But they were also the team that put up 112. Okay. And yeah, that, paper, that papers over a lot of um, a lot of okay. low scoring weeks when you score 100. So Tennessee had 366, which is a little above Carolina, who has 355. Yeah, although without Baker Mayfield, it looks like maybe their days of being a top scoring team are over. Yeah, actually, I guess this was. I think Tennessee scored 11 this week, so I think this might have been tied going into this week, and now Tennessee has taken a, an 11 point lead. In the standings, the Rams, um, who were behind everyone. I think I've started most of those points from Tennessee, too. You've started 310 of them. So, yeah. Um, very good I'm job okay there. That. Yeah. The Rams have 338, uh, who are in, and they're in they're in third place. And again, they were a fourth round pick. Um, really keeping Jake in this. Yeah. The, uh, the most difficult team to start so far, has it been Cincinnati? I think it has. Oh, has it? You mean? Russ has, Russ has gotten negative 4.2 <laughs> points per start. Yeah, Cincinnati. That's tough. That is tough. Um, yeah, Sarah, meanwhile, has done a great job. Uh, Kansas City is the lowest scoring team overall at negative 66. But Sarah's managed a positive out of the four starts. Um, just masterful management from Sarah. Yeah. And then um, what in terms of the first, you know, remarkably, in terms of the first round picks, um, Houston has a slight uh, advantage uh, as the highest scoring first round pick uh, for Sarah. Um, God, Seattle's been miserable. Atlanta, Seattle's been miserable. It's it's really remarkable, and you know even the Jets have been a disappointment. And that's they're usually a good bet for outperforming their draft position. This might be the first year they don't. Yeah, I mean, two hundred. Most of the most of the teams have scored somewhere in the in the two hundreds, um, with the exceptions being Jacksonville, uh, the Giants, and Seattle. Yeah, are you ever going to forgive me from talking you out of the Rams in uh, at the end of the third round? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, I mean, my the one the one advantage is that uh, I Arizona's get, been good though. Ari- I, was, I did just to get be fair. Trace McSorley starts. So yeah, and I I picked Las Vegas, and I was hoping for total meltdown, and I have not gotten total meltdown. Mostly, I've it's been really disappointing. Um, yeah. yeah, so easily I think the most disappointing pick so far going into the final weeks is Seattle. Seattle, definitely. And the Seattle. best pick is the Rams. Yep. Uh, bo- both in the same division. I think we envisioned what happened with the Rams to be happening in Seattle and what happened in Seattle to be happening with the Rams. So uh, like a Freaky Friday type deal. <laughs> Only for the entire season. I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like vet- veteran quarterback brings a team <laughs> with, you know, t- with a bunch of veteran leadership and a bunch of rookies. And I don't know. Uh, yeah. Although I guess you couldn't have a bunch of rookies on the Rams because they don't have any picks between now and five years from now. Correct. F them picks. Oh my God. And <laughs> and that that's, so that's a team that's rolling out Baker Mayfield as legitimately their best option. And they're still losing games badly um, to, to not good. I mean, like, 
Who, who did they lose to this week? Um, there was a game that happened this week. and They I, lost to Green Bay. lost to Green Bay, yeah. So Green Bay, like I said, playing totally uninspired football, and yet they still just got blown out by Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay, I, I, are they... How far away are they from a playoff spot? I have no idea. Well, this this year is a bit of a weird one because like six and eight teams are all still in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Green, Green Bay is six and eight and uh, basically what a game and a half out of uh, out of the last wild card spot. I... <laughs> and, you know, one of the teams from the AFC South will make the playoffs and have a home playoff game. The NFC South too, which is worse. Are they are they both that bad? No, Tampa is currently in first place at six and eight. At least Tennessee seven and seven. <laughs> at least they don't have a losing record. Yeah. They have lost four in a row, but they don't have a losing record. They don't have a losing record, and that's not true um of Tampa. Yeah. Can you show me another division leader that has a four game losing streak? It's really <laughs> impressive. Uh yeah, no, it's quite <laughs> quite quite impressive. I mean if if not for the Saints kind of <laughs> apology win this week, the entire NFC South would be on a losing streak, which I think is appropriate somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually didn't appreciate how bad both Souths were. Like I've heard the South will rise again. Oh, they are terrible. It doesn't look oh, like it. And, and, right. It's funny. You mentioned that the Saints would they'd be on if they hadn't won, they would be on a losing streak. But also, um, you know, they blew that game. Was it the Bengals? Um, when Mark Ingram could have run for a first down, but yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and if they'd won that, they'd be in first place. <laughs> they would be in the yes, they would the, the catbird seat. Yeah. So I it's... mean, the question is, if Tom Brady makes it to the playoffs, is he going to figure out a way to put it together? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. The answer is no. No. Um, to be fair, to be fair, currently. They would be playing the Cowboys, and I can 100% see them beating the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. The Cowboys oh. on the road in the first round of the playoffs will yeah. absolutely blow that game. Yes. So that seems like I mean, it doesn't really matter because we know it's going to be the 49ers versus the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Right. Like, um, I don't I don't think there are any other teams that are close to as good. And the question is, can Brock Purdy beat – and, and will, um, will Jalen Hurts be healthy at that point? Well, and then the other question is, like, the Vikings are super confusing this year because, uh, obviously, their entire history is based upon failing in the playoffs. But this team this year is, like, when they're good. This team this year isn't great, but they just are winning the dumbest games. So you're saying if the Vikings play Dallas? Yeah. Like, how will that possibly go? Yeah, I just, I don't know. The the. Can we have Tony Romo call that game? That's all I. That's all I want. I want that game to come down to a field goal, with Tony Romo calling it, for it to be a botch snap, and for him to have full on PTSD. I just feel like the Vikings. The Vikings have all the hallmarks of a team that's you know gonna get you know no, normally a team that would get a bye and then lose their first round game, but they also are just winning in such a weird manner that I who knows. And isn't there only one bye now? Yeah, I said in in the old days, right? Right. So, I mean, the question is, can the Eagles put together one additional win in the next, whatever it is, three weeks? Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, because yeah, they're playing the Cowboys and starting uh, Gardner Minshew this week. 
Oh, Minshew mania. Yeah. Oh God, Philly's going to be so happy. <laughs> like, can I tell you how happy Philly's going to be when Gardner Minshew wins a game? Oh yeah. When Gardner Minshew beats the Cowboys. How many, how many minutes into the Eagles game will it take the first Eagles fan to say, you know what? I think Gardner Minshew might be better than uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> oh, it, I mean, I, I guess the question is, who wins the coin flip? So you think you think <laughs> you think on the first the first I, Eagles possession? I think it's the first Eagles possession. Is it the first pass that he throws? Is that the <laughs> over under? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The the, the over under is like two and a half passes. I would say. Uh, I, I do like the city of Philadelphia, but um, and and their sports fans have a charm to them. But that charm is charming kind of in the same way that like the continued existence of the Daughters of the American Revolution or the Daughters of the Confederacy is <laughs> charming. Um, where you're just like, oh, really, guys? This still? Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, the uh, I, I do think the Eagles are gonna get the get the buy on the yeah. NFC side, and then on the AFC side, it's it's gonna come down to it with the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, I mean the Bills definitely look like they have the inside track, and they're not going to overtime with the Texans. But yeah, the Chiefs have the Chiefs look more beatable this year than they have in a long time. Yes, I think that's probably on account of not having Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Like if we had to isolate it to the one factor. Yeah, that might be that might be it. Definitely could be the factor. I mean, the Dolphins, man. All they needed was just to put Tyreek Hill on that team. It's almost like he's one of the best players in the NFL. Yeah, some something to remember as Ravens fans. Like occasionally having a really good receiver helps your offense. Like they took Tua from like this guy's gonna get benched to is he the best quarterback in the NFL? Question mark. Like I mean, that obviously wasn't a serious argument, but yeah, I mean, it's something I know we talked about uh, off this podcast a bit uh, when, when discussing golf, you know, there, there are a handful of quarterbacks in the right situation um, with the right talent around them that can be very good. Yeah. They're not quarterbacks who necessarily create on their own, Mm -hmm. but they're quarterbacks who can throw the ball to receivers who are open. Yeah. Now, Goff is challenging that because he can't throw it all that well. Like, he missed a very wide-open Jamison Williams, um, who created separation intelligently by pushing his defensive back directly in the middle of the chest and then running faster than he did, um, which is a, is a very kind of old-school way of getting open. Um, but then Goff missed him by about 10 yards. Yep. Uh, so... Yeah, I think that that archetype definitely applies to, you know, probably every quarterback to come out of Alabama for a long time, although somehow not Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. Or maybe maybe it does apply to Jalen Hurts, and it was just, you know, A.J. Brown that really elevated him. Uh, could be. I forgot. I forgot. I always forget he was the Alabama. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I do like that um, after – after Tennessee lost to the Eagles and there was a huge AJ Brown game that they fired the GM on the spot. Yeah. 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 No, that, that was good. I do. Um, I do. I, like it. I think that's, I think that's brilliant. Um, 
I, 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 there's nothing I love more than just like the spiteful firing of a GM after the game when you've traded your best player. <laughs> and he's just torched your team, just absolutely demolished your team. Yep. I, I don't, I don't, I can't remember having seen something like that. I've seen a coach get fired for <laughs> yes. just a terrible performance, but I've never seen a GM get fired. I think it should happen more. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, we've we've gone a little bit long, and I think we yep. might have lost the thread slightly. Yeah, we've gone from bad quarterbacking to bad uh, what bad general managing. And but you, you is... know who's really the uh, the patron saint of bad GMing? Millen. <laughs> Take it easy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Hanukkah, and we'll see you next time.